Staying in contact. I'm London Mitchell. The scammers are everywhere. Texting us, invading our email, sending us robocalls, all in an effort to gain our trust and our money. So today, we're going to look at how we can prevent being scammed. My guest is the president of the local Better Business Bureau, Lane Monts. His suggestion? Make a New Year's resolution to adopt an anti-scam mindset. Well, uh, London, first of all, uh, my life is a breadcrumb trail of failed New Year's resolutions, right? Like most, like most every. I am not a believer in them either. Uh, so often we fall off the wagon with them. But once in a, once in a while, one of them will stick, or it'll stick long enough to do some good. And I think one of those um, things is to make a resolution this year as early as possible that you are going to be a watchdog for yourself and for your friends and family to not get taken advantage of by scams because they are very pervasive. They're everywhere. The genie is not going back in the bottle when it comes to scams, especially those uh, perpetrated through technology and online platforms. So we just have to adopt it as part of a permanent cultural mindset. I'm going to be aware of scams. And, and by being by making that resolution, we can prepare ourselves for the the ongoing battle to resist the temptation to click a click a link or respond to a text that we shouldn't. That's the starting point, I think. So we need to make ourselves aware of some of the clues that we might be walking into a minefield. Sure. Uh, because, you know, the Internet and technology have brought a lot of good things, but they brought some bad things, too. I think we all know that. And one of them is just as it's made it easier for legitimate businesses to sell online and conduct business online or through texts and, and email, it's also made it easier for the criminals and the scammers. And like I said, that's that's not going away. That's a permanent part of society now. So. We just have to be ready to do battle. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'm doing it for effect because we say this message all the time. And yet every day there are people that have never been part of a scam before and they get hooked. And, you know, you just want to you just want to fight it back as much as possible. That's part of our mission here at Better Business Bureau. Is there something that uh, should click within us that says, hmm, absolutely, Uh so when I speak about scams, I really focus on the psychology of scams, London, because all scams, and that's true today, but it's it goes back to the beginning of time. All scams use psychology. And, uh, you know, even the traveling medicine salesman, you know, you, the wagon traveling through the Wild West, they would go into a town. They would put on a presentation. They'd have shills in the audience. It was well orchestrated. And they would hook people psychologically, you know, telling them what they wanted to hear and bringing them along. The psychology of scams is extremely powerful in the human mind. And that psychology, the same psychological tricks and tactics from the old days are still in effect today, even though it might be through email even though it might be through a fake telephone call, and even though it might be through a fake website or a text. And now I've got to ask you, what is that psychology? 
Absolutely. I didn't. I waited so that you would have to ask me that. Of course, I'm using psychology on you. I, I left it hanging there so you would ask. Uh, so the psychology is, um, and I, and I, and I, you know, I'm here at the BBB, but I came from private industry. I didn't come up through government. I didn't come up through nonprofits. I came up through private industry. And uh, before I got my law degree, I was a sales and marketing professional. So I, I know a little bit about the psychology of the consumer. It's been well documented, I would say even proven, that the act of purchasing something, acquiring something, spending money, that moment of that transaction is emotional, not rational. And I'll say that again, the act of purchasing, of spending money on something to acquire something, whether it's a good or a service, it's emotional, not rational. And I know when I say that, I can see it in people's eyes. There are, there's a certain group of people that say, no, 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 Lane, that's not true for me. When I make a purchase, I do my investigation, I research, and I make a wise purchase. And I'm sure that's true for a, a lot of people. But the moment that they click the button to make the purchase, the moment that they pull the credit card out of their wallet or purse or the money out and they make the transaction, it's proven that that is an emotional moment for the brain. The brain releases a little bit of pleasure chemical like dopamine, a little squirt of it. And we get a little bit of an emotional or psychological high. Scammers and fraudsters down through time without knowing the science of it know that that's the truth. Um, so what happens is in that moment of emotionality rather than rationality, we are not thinking as clearly as we could. And so scams are designed to hook us. We've all heard the term the hook, right? Scammers, even legitimate salespeople want the hook. The hook gets your brain thinking emotionally. And as long as the fraudster can think, keep you thinking emotionally, typically through creating a false sense of urgency that you must act now, act now, that is an emotional tactic. Now, you can resist it if you're uh, prepared, um, but if you're not and it catches you off guard, you are going to react emotionally. And so all good scams, all effective scams are designed to hook you emotionally and to keep you in the emotional state rather than the rational state. So if you are feeling, to answer your question, if you're feeling a sense of urgency, like if you don't act now, you're going to lose out on something. Or if if you act, if you do act now, you're going to get some life pleasure or you're going to advance your life in some way. Those are red flags. And you're going to feel those with legitimate purchases just as well as illegitimate purchases. Staying in contact, I'm London Mitchell. Today, it's all about how to protect ourselves from being scammed. My guest is the president of the local BBB, Lane Months. We've been talking about how scammers play to our emotions. And certainly, fear is one of those emotions. Fear of losing out if we don't act right away. I can give you um, some specific examples of, of where emotionality was used in a scam and how powerful it is, you know, and that that's what that's the first red flag. You know, obviously, if someone's asking for money or personal information, that's another red flag. But when you get them together, when you get them together, that's when you're in the danger zone. So let's let's walk walk through a couple of those examples and 
and wise people up because I'm sure if it's happened yesterday, it's going to happen again tomorrow. Yeah, it's happening right now as we talk, probably. So here's one that happened a couple weeks ago, probably about a month ago now. Uh, a gentleman called in, um, a little bit, a little bit older. I'll say a seasoned citizen, but not, you know, not. Um, he was well in control of his faculties. He was looking to buy a truck, and he went on to a website. He believed that website to be eBay Motors, which handles eBay's vehicle transactions. It looked like eBay Motors website. It was not. It was a fake website, but it looked the same. It's a copycat. Just, just the website address was a little bit different. But unless you are paying close attention, you do a Google search, you follow the link. Now you're taken to a fake website. You don't, you don't know it. So he thought that he bought this truck. It was up in Michigan, south, southeastern Michigan, a suburb of Detroit, at a car dealership. He transferred $4,000 because the truck was advertised. You know, they're, they're hard to find. It was advertised at a really good price. That's another red flag of the uh, too good to be true type of situation. He transferred the money and then never heard anything back. So he called us and we looked into it. We determined that it was a fake website made to look like a real one. So the emotion is looking for a hard to find item, Right. The used car market was pretty has been pretty tough. He found it at a price that was too good to be true. It was up for sale. They were urging him to act now because these trucks fly off the lots, so to speak. And then he transferred the money. It looked legitimate. He was very happy about the purchase. It took us quite a while to convince him that it was a scam. And here's the thing. His emotion about the purchase was so strong that even after he finally acknowledged he had been scammed, what he he still thought the truck was out there. What his brain convinced him had happened is that somebody had gotten in between him and the dealership, seeing that he was about to make a transaction and they had diverted the money to themselves. He wanted us to contact the dealership and let them know he was still going to come up and buy the truck. There was no truck. There was no dealership. It was all fictitious. And that is hard for people that don't that are not deeply involved in technology to grasp and, and realize that the extent of which technology is being used for, for scams. But you know, his brain was in that emotional state, London. And he he even when he finally admitted that he had lost the money, he still thought the truck was out there for sale, not realizing they're just the truck was just a picture of a truck taken off the internet pasted onto a fake website with a fake phone number and they took his money and there was no truck. It was really, really hard. And he was very angry about it. Um, probably a little bit angry with us just because we were the messenger, but it was a real sad situation. Um, another situation, and this is a, this is a classic example. She said the IRS had called her to let her know she had a tax deficiency of about $7,000 and if she didn't pay it right now over the phone or, you know, within a few minutes, they were going to come and arrest her. So if you want to talk about an emotional fear factor, which you brought up, getting a call from the IRS that you owe them seven grand, that's certainly the fear factor. It's very emotional. It um, They created a sense of urgency that if she didn't act, she would be, you know, she'd be arrested. And uh, she called me and asked me what to do. But those are two examples of how there's an emotional hook. And then there's a tactic to keep you in the emotional state to get your money or your data or both.
just a side note here, the IRS will never call you on the telephone and say you owe money. They never. don't work that way. They do not. They send all, in fact, they won't even accept, um, they will not even accept email inquiries or faxes. They, they deal by snail mail only. So they won't text you. They won't call you. They won't send you an email. So to your listeners out there, only snail mail, hard copy letter in your mailbox. That's the only way they communicate. Let's play this out. Let's say, oh my gosh, I'm the guy that tried to buy the truck, or I'm the guy that got hoodwinked by the fake IRS agent, or golly, I think I've given the wrong person my personal information. What can I do? How how can I how can I save myself? What can the BBB do for me? Well, first of all, I can give you a cliche that is true and um but also a little disheartening. When it comes to scams and especially your personal information, the old cliche an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It really applies to your personal information because once it's out there's not really a lot you can do to get it back from a from a criminal. You know, they have it, they have it. So don't let that happen. So I would say first, you know, and I'm going to plug my organization, of course, go to BBB.org. If you're thinking about making a purchase, go to BBB.org and, and, you know, show a preference for businesses that are part of the BBB. If they're accredited, they can display the BBB.org uh, torch logo. And they, they are paying money and taking a pledge to be part of our organization. And, and we do vet um, businesses and charities more deeply than most other organizations vet them. So we don't just let anybody in. It's not pay to play. You do have to pay membership dues, but not all of our applicants get in. And, you know, we do, uh, we do have to kick businesses out every year because they're not following the pledge of ethics and honesty. So that's one step. Also say... Local businesses in general. Shop locally if you can. Lane, you are giving us some good tools, but there is so much more to be said. So Lane Montz, president of the local BBB, will be continuing the discussion with us next week. So please join us as we continue staying in contact. In the meantime, email me through my website, londonmitchell.news.